Hello, my name is Chris Tuttle. I'm pastoral resident at Christ the King. You are listening to the second installment of a four-part series on being shaped by Scripture. As a church, we are committed to the three streams, which are being shaped by Scripture, led by the Spirit, and strengthened by the sacraments. The streams are a historical Anglican way of following Jesus. As a church, we'll be focusing on these streams throughout the remainder of the year on Sunday mornings, and each week we'll be posting these podcasts that dive deeper into the questions we are asking together on Sunday mornings. Last week, Ashley introduced this series on being shaped by Scripture, asking the question, what is the Bible? Here's where I'll go ahead and invite you to pause this podcast and go listen to last week's introduction. It's important because it gives quite a bit of backdrop and foundation to some of the things that I assume in this podcast about the Bible in general. As Tim Mackey puts it, we believe the Bible is a unified story that points to Jesus. And that is incredibly important to understand for this week as we dive into the question, where is our hope according to the Bible? On Sunday morning, the story presented to us by the lectionary was the golden calf, where the people of Israel wait 40 days for Moses as he is on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments. The people get tired of waiting unsure if Moses is even still alive, and one thing leads to another, and before the people of God know it, they've asked Aaron, their high priest, to form a golden calf for them to worship, in place of Yahweh, their great deliverer. What we saw through this story is that the people's hope, wherever it may have actually been placed, was not in their God. It was in something finite, something they could see, most likely in Moses himself, and when that hope dissipated, their belief in the God who rescued them from Israel dissipated as well. They went back to what they knew when they were in Egypt. And as, as, as I discussed on Sunday morning, 40 days is about six weeks. And that is in truth, plenty of time for human beings to forget where their hope lies. We're finite, we are fallible. And therefore, no matter how strongly we may believe in the God of the Bible, one day, as soon as something hard or scary happens, we could pretty easily lose our hope or sway our hope. So the question presented to us as a church, the lectionary was pretty clear. Where is our hope? Because we are in the season of learning about what it means to be shaped by scripture. We get to answer that together through the lens of Jesus. Because we believe that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus, we can automatically, before we even dive in, come to the conclusion that according to the Bible, our hope is in Jesus. But why? We've mentioned Genesis 12 multiple times throughout our few weeks together already, and we do so because the Bible starts off with a promise to a people that ultimately sets the pace and cadence for all of Scripture. In Genesis 12, God says to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and a the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This story kicks off the story of the Old Testament, a people who are constantly trying to be that blessing, a people who are constantly trying to live up to the promise from God. And more than just a people trying to live up to it, the Old Testament tells the story of a God who is committed to forming those people by that promise, no matter what they do. And on Sunday, as we talk through the story of the golden calf, they tried to do a lot to seemingly break that promise. As Moses is on the mountain in Exodus 32, God says that he wants to destroy his people and start over. Moses intercedes on his people's behalf, convincing God to not destroy Israel because of the promise God made in Genesis 12. How would God make a people to be a blessing to the world if he destroyed those people? 
In Exodus 32, verse 13, Moses says, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven. The key there is to hear Moses say the words, how you swore to them by your own self. We can't miss that because it calls back to the reality that God made the promise in Genesis 12 to form a people who would be a blessing based on God's own self-merit. When someone makes a promise, we often promise or swear by something as a way to guarantee our word that we will follow through. So when God made that promise, he did, he did so by his own self, knowing that there was nothing in all of the universe that would be more of a guarantee to the fulfillment of that promise. And praise the Lord, he did, because the Bible is a story of God forming that people and God constantly loving them no matter what. As the people fumble their way throughout the Old Testament, we at last have a rescuer come in Jesus, who we believe is the ultimate fulfillment to that promise. If the people of God were to be a blessing to the world, they need help. That help comes in the person of Jesus as he casts a new or maybe even rather a renewed vision for humankind and for all of creation, inviting the people of God once again into the promise of becoming a people who are, as Pastor Ashley describes, a covenant-keeping and an image-bearing people. The people of God has struggled with where to put our heart for as long as we have existed, to where to put our hope, because we always try to put our hope in things we can see things we can feel, things we can depend on to help us be the people who are a blessing to the world. But according to the Bible, as we lean on the promise of God, which he made by his own self, we can be assured that our hope lands in Jesus and nothing else. And his vision for the world and his gifts to us by imparting his spirit so that day in and day out, we can partner with God in blessing the world. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 6, And we want each of you to show the same diligence as to realize the full assurance of hope to the very end, so that you may not become sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited that promise. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. Human beings, of course, swear by something greater than themselves, and an oath given as confirmation puts an end to all dispute. In the same way, when God desired to show even more clearly to the heirs of the promise the unchanging character of his purpose, he guaranteed it by an oath, so that through two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible that God would prove false, we who have taken refuge might be strongly encouraged to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope, a sure and steady anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus, a forerunner on our behalf, has entered, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The language in that passage is so powerful. And I encourage you to read it for yourself in your Bible. Maybe even right now, go ahead and pause this. Turn to your Bible in Hebrews and read chapter 6, verses 11 through 20. We can be assured that our God is a God who keeps promises, a God who endures with us until the very end, knowing that we are fallible. We are finite. We want to put our hope in things which fail us, but we have a great high priest 
who is on our side and who is our hope. He is our sure and our steady hope. Paul describes Jesus as our hope in 1 Timothy 1 and again in Titus 2. He says that Jesus has given us new birth into a living hope through his resurrection in 1 Corinthians. The New Testament is full of hope language as Jesus is the fulfillment to the promise of God, that God would form a people to be a blessing to the world. And no matter what those people did or didn't do, God would be faithful to fulfill it because he made the promise by his own self. So he fulfilled it by his own self, by Jesus. And when we read the Bible, we read it with Jesus as the backdrop of it all. The Bible is a gift for us to be formed and shaped into those people. And the invitation we made on Sunday, I'll repeat and elaborate on here. If you have struggled with your daily, weekly, monthly, or honestly, even yearly Bible reading, we invite you to read the daily office. The passages pre-assigned to us that all Anglican, that Anglicans all over the world read. You can read those by searching daily office 2019, or there's a link uh, to the lectionnaire on our website on the tab called daily readings. You jump right into the story. Be caught up immediately in the great drama of a people trying to figure it out and a God who is faithful and everlastingly patient. You could also start by reading just a chapter or two of one of the gospels each day. During the civil rights movement, Dr. King taught the 10 commandments of nonviolence to those involved in the movement. And the first commandment was to meditate daily on the teachings and the life of Jesus. Because Dr. King knew that the best way for a people to be one, nonviolent, and two, really more importantly, to be people who want to make the world a better place, being rooted in Jesus and in his vision for the kingdom, the unhindered reign and rule of God, to be shaped by scripture was a desperate need. Dr. King's vision for humanity, a great world house where all people would be together for one another and for the good of the world was deeply and firmly rooted in Jesus's vision of kingdom, which is the daily drive for us and the hope we have in Jesus. May we as a church be willing to allow God to form and shape us through his scripture. It is such a gift that points us to Jesus as our only and ultimate.